Thanks for listening to Schlereth and Evans On Demand, presented by Bathfitter. Hey guys, if you drop the ball when it comes to your bath or shower remodel, Bathfitter doesn't just fit your bath, they fit your budget and schedule. Bathfitter will install a tub or shower in just one day. Bathfitter's price guarantee is a slam dunk. Bathfitter, it just fits. Welcome to Four Down Territory. As Stick and Mike take a look at the four biggest stories in Denver sports. Here's Slareth and Evans kicking it off with first down. Don't know what this Nuggets team is going to look like in the uh, playoffs with the expectations of going deep. But one thing we know about this regular season team, they are a hardworking, blue-collar, professional outfit that very rarely gives you an off night. They go out on the road last night, third game of a road trip. They only have one game left before the All-Star break. So this was their last road game before the All-Star break. They were down Jamal Murray, down Aaron Gordon, but they still go out on the road and beat a decent Miami team. 112-108. Bruce Brown and the bench stepping up. That's just a testament on how deep we are and everybody being ready, uh, knowing the personnel, knowing what they need to do and being aggressive. You had seven players in double figures. Good uses of minutes throughout the bench. Nobody played more than 36 minutes. Contavious Caldwell-Pope played the most minutes with 36. Uh, but a good team win that shows really how unique this this team is in an NBA world today where many teams just choose to take nights off. Let me ask you this. Where are all the Latins and Pitchfork crowd, the Fire Michael Malone crowd? Doesn't manage the game well. Doesn't manage the minutes well. Doesn't make uh, adjustments. Where, where's that crowd at? Here's right where the Michael Malone detractor crowd is right now. They've conceded he's a terrific regular season coach. They'll tell you that. <laughs> but they're laying in the weeds waiting to see what happens in the playoffs. He's got to prove that he can take... I've said it a million times. I'll say it again. Right now, I, I said this a month ago. I'll say it here on February 14th. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Oh, yeah. 2023. Hey, happy Valentine's, Mike. Happy Valentine's Day to you. Aww. Thanks for wearing those pajamas. Makes me want to linger. The invitation is there. Yes. To linger. But I said this on January. I've said this on February 14th, 2022. Jared Bednar needs to take the Avalanche to the Stanley Cup Finals in order to keep his job. I'll True. say the same thing about Michael Malone right True. now. He's got to go to the the NBA Finals or he's got to go to the Western ah. Conference Finals? Western Conference? Yeah, Western Conference Finals. Minimum. You can't you cannot get minimum. you cannot get into a playoff series and get torched. Right? You got to get it. through a couple of playoff series. You got to get to the Western Conference Finals. I agree. I agree. Although you they, it did get a lot more daunting, didn't it with Dallas getting Kyrie and yeah. then and then no. Phoenix getting Phoenix. Durant. Phoenix and Golden State. Those are the only team, two teams that I sweat. Mm. But it was just Golden State a week ago. Mm. So you got you to gotta add Phoenix to the mix. Second down. Bones Highland. Come on, Bones. Show a little maturity. Don't be a punk. Because that's how he's come across ever since the Nuggets. Well, even before the Nuggets traded him. Walking out of the uh, building, walking away from the team, uh, the team, veteran players not hiding their displeasure with him. Then he gets traded for uh, a bag of basketballs, and on the the team flight, on the private flight to LA, he's like, "Ah, oh, no, this is 
This is the this is the life. This is the way you got to treat people. Then he has his press conference yesterday, and he takes a shot at Jamal Murray. They're definitely different, you know, talents. Uh, Joker is more of a, you know, passer and, you know, he does everything. But I feel like, you know, PG and them do the same thing. But it's, it's definitely different type of styles, you know, PG and them are, you know, I feel like they more like scoring and uh, Joker is like a passing and then if he has to score he has to you know but uh it's gonna be a great experience you know over here but also it was it was a great experience playing with joker as well too you know there's two guys over here who's a phenomenal talent and uh you know over there was one one guy who was a phenomenal talent as well mm. one guy jeez oh, that one guy <laughs> now jamal murray didn't uh didn't hide his displeasure with bones sure. either with some of his comments uh, but, down but, the stretch, that, that's but what, that's but, what you do when you're. But, but Murray's earned the right, right. hasn't he? To, to well, when you when you're leading the when you're one of the leaders of the organization, when you know when you've allowed yourself to be coached and you're fighting back from an ACL and you had that bubble experience that you had where Jamal was just, I mean, otherworldly. Yeah, you've earned the right, and you know how it's supposed to be done. You know how your coach wants it done. So you've earned the right to be critical of young guys. Obviously, uh, somebody's a little sensitive. February 26th, everybody. The Clippers come here. Let's uh, hope that Jamal is 100% healthy by then. Yes. Can't wait to see the game he puts up that night. Then Bones will be d him up. God, I hope so. God, I hope so. Third down. Banged up avalanche. I, I'll tease uh, what we'll do during denversports.com, the front page, 8 o'clock, but Will Peterson writing an article at denversports.com about just when the avalanche should be getting healthier, they're not. And, and he raises the question. We have just been assuming all year, hey, ride out these injuries. Right. They'll get healthy. They'll come back. They'll be ready to go. But... The injury bug continues to hit him. Kale McCarr out with a concussion. Eric Johnson going to be out tonight. No timetable for their return. And then I got to ask you about Gabe Landeskog because what is going on? You, with Gabe? Well, I was going to ask you because nobody knows injuries like Mark Schlereth knows injuries. And I, I guess as a sports fan, when I hear knee injuries, there's a certain time frame that I attach to everything. Hey, you got a sprained knee, you're going to be out. You know, two to four weeks. You got uh, cartilage surgery, you're going to be out four to six. You got an ACL, you're going to be out six to eight months. There's a certain time frame. But with Gabe, it's just kind of been, it just, there's nothing definitive. We had the report last week from Emily Kaplan during the Tampa game that Gabe's been going back and forth between, uh, uh, was it Toronto and Philadelphia? Sometimes he's there. Sometimes he's there. So where in the world is Gabe Landeskog today? There just seems to be a murkiness to what's going on with his knee. Do you have? To, I'll let you speculate. Yeah, because this does not seem like your paint by numbers knee injury. So he had like an arthroscopic knee surgery, right? Yes. Came back for the playoffs, right? Didn't re- didn't respond during the off season, and they didn't have a they didn't have like it wasn't like an ACL or something. I, I, well, they've been very hush hush with what's gone on. You but. know what? It, it, let me just speculate really quick. This would be my guess. My guess would be that it's some type of articular, so articular cartilage. So think about you know the the cushion, the pads, the regular cartilage. 
Those, you know, they, they look like a couple of, uh, I, I don't know how to explain them, but they're, they're white kind of um, rim around your knee. So the, the top bone sits in the bottom bone, right? That's the cartilage. It sits there and it helps stabilize your knee and cushion any blow from, you know, from up and down and, you know, and just kind of running and doing all that kind of stuff. The articular cartilage, once you wear out the surface of your knee, is like the formica that covers this table. Okay? It's a hard bone covering. It's a cartilage, but it covers the end of your bone. You know how you always see those graphics? You see the bone super shiny, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. That's articular cartilage. When you wear through that, they do something called a microfracture surgery. So when you wear through that, you expose raw bone. And when you touch that raw bone, it is like somebody shoved it like an ice pick into your knee joint. So they drill holes in it, they bleed it, and it creates a scar tissue. And then they try to wear that scar tissue in to a, to smooth, and that acts as a secondary articular But cartilage. those microfracture surgeries don't always take the first time. I think Kenyon Martin had their issue was, issues with Not that. only that is they take forever. Okay. Because it's like a one step forward, oh, man, I feel much better today. And then you work hard on it, and you're like, limping around the next three days. So, you know, they, they give you six months to say, okay, now you're good to go. But you're really, that thing is healing, honestly, for 17, 18 months. Hmm. And so you can play on it. I'm just, I'm speculating now, but I think they're probably just being it, very it's careful. As, it's as good a speculation as any I've heard because we're all doing it, and it, it just seems mm-hmm. to be very, very murky and... That's ex- as good as a- an explanation as anything. That'll do it for uh, Four Down Territory, our tour around the uh, Denver sports scene. Up next, Mike Kliss is going to join us to tell us just how serious is the possibility of Sexy Rexy joining uh, Sean Payton's staff as the defensive coordinator. Mike Kliss joins us next. When the day is done, the game is over, and you need a break from all the stress, relax in your tub or shower from Bathfitter. Bathfitter will fit your budget with a price match guarantee. No money down, no payments for up to five years. Get the ball rolling. Visit bathfitter.com today. Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan presents Schlereth and Evans. of nine news he joins us on the johnson auto plaza hotline mike good morning good morning guys mike how do the uh how does the uh search for coaches go to fill this staff and uh most importantly uh rex ryan what do you know about rex ryan and uh, how serious is he as a candidate i uh you know, I've been told, and I haven't been told uh, this by uh, Sean Payton, who's really the guy running the search, but I've been told for now that uh, Rex Ryan would be a bit of a long shot. And, um, you know, uh, Sean Payton interviewed six uh, candidates for the defensive coordinator position. So he is he is just one of six. And he's got to fill he's got to fill three coordinator positions: special teams, offense, and uh, and defensive coordinator. Um, there's there's so many quality um, minority candidates uh, at the at defensive coordinator uh, that uh, Sean Payton was interviewing. Uh, I, I just would be surprised if Rex Ryan 
after not being in the game for six years, would, would get the job. Uh, I know it'd be interesting and entertaining and a lot of fun. Uh, maybe it'll still happen, but um, I, I guess uh, I wouldn't count on it. Can you recap for us? Because we, we've heard Rex and we heard Sean Desai. Who are the other? Yeah. Who are the other defensive coordinator candidates that Peyton's talked to? Yeah, that uh, some some guys I've heard of uh, were um, Chris Richard, who was just uh, let go by the Saints, and um, uh, Sean Payton brought him in to the Saints staff a few years, a couple of years ago. Uh, Christian Parker, the Broncos' own defensive backs coach, I believe he may have uh, interviewed for the job. And one name that uh, this is just speculation, but uh, they have a they have a relationship, Sean Payton and uh, Mike Zimmer. Down the road there in Boulder, he's got some kind of position with on primetime's uh, staff. But Zimmer and, and Sean Payton were together with uh, Parcells at Dallas. So um, I think all this is good. As I'm not saying that he was a candidate. I'm just saying that that would kind of fit if he was. Um, the um, the I think all this will shake out uh, later this week. I, I think we'll know quite a bit of Sean Payton's coaching staff by Friday of this week. Slow, slow to hire, fast to fire is what he told us at, uh, on Radio Row last Friday. So uh, tell me about the offensive coordinator. What about on the offensive side of the ball? Yeah, I don't know too much about that one. Um, Sean Payton's the offensive coordinator, of course. And uh, after watching that Super Bowl on, on Sunday – Sean Payton has to be the Broncos. I mean, clearly he was the right choice and, and someone the Broncos had to hire. I mean, the uh, the, the creativity that Andy Reid and, and the Eagles uh, both showed in that offense. I mean, I, I just have not seen that type of play calling, play scheme, play design by the Broncos like ever. Um, you know, the... I thought the Kubiak, uh, you know, uh, bootleg was was pretty to watch, but uh, nothing like what uh, the misdirection that Andy Reid's doing. They they need a guy who can scheme up plays like Sean Payton if they're going to keep up, have any chance to knock off the Chiefs once in a while in the uh, in the AFC West. Mike, but, uh, the oh, only sorry. one I ever hear for offensive coordinator is Joe Lombardi. That's mm-hmm. not confirmed. They just. Uh, Joe Lombardi was fired as the Chargers offensive coordinator uh, after this season. He, um, he's he been with Sean Payton for a few years, and that's the name that keeps popping up in the industry. Mike, it was funny last week with, with Sean Payton doing all his TV stuff. We, we heard from our, a fair amount of Bronco fans who were like, oh, great. Our quarterback was somebody who craved the spotlight. Now our head coach is the same kind of guy. Are, are you confident that... Sean Payton, the TV guy, is different from Sean Payton, the guy who'll be running the Broncos. No, I think they're they they look kind of the same. Uh, you know, I don't know Sean Payton that well. I've, I've I've been around him twice now, the introductory press conference, and had a sit down interview with him right after that press conference. Got to talk to him a little bit there. We're from the same area in the Chicagoland area, and then uh, at you know I followed him around. Uh, Radio Row on Friday when he was going from uh, place to place. Uh, he's, I mean, he is a, uh, he's a good storyteller. Uh, he, he's, uh, he is outgoing. He's, you know, he's not a wallflower. He's got a, he's got a big personality. 
um, I think, you know, the way he is as a coach and is, is what made him interesting and entertainer as a, as a TV analyst. So, um, but what do you mean by that? Uh, meaning, concern? meaning with, with Russ, we were, we we're kind of like, come on, dude, you know, read, read the room type stuff. And oh, with see. Peyton, is there, is there a concern of that? You know, last week he's out there and he's, he's recruiting Gronkowski and he's, uh, you know, he's yeah. talking about, oh, yeah, you know, hashtag right. Buckham, you know, those kind of things that got us rolling our yeah. eyes with Russ and we don't want to be necessarily yeah. doing the same thing with Peyton. Yeah, I, I understand that. And, um, yeah, I'd, I'd rather not have the whole Gronkowski, uh, Brady, uh, Rex Ryan type stuff uh, out there. It's going to be it's going to be a trip. I, I guess I'm going to reserve judgment, though, on that till we get a little more time uh, around the new Hulk, uh, new head coach before uh, figuring out what we got there as far as, uh, you know, coverage goes. All right, oh, last one. Oh, uh, you just tweeted out this morning. Zach Azani is on the um, is on the interview uh, yep. circuit, meeting with the Jets, the Broncos' wide receiver coach. Yeah, I mean these guys have been in limbo for since the day after Christmas, and because Sean uh, Payton is being deliberate and you know uh, putting his uh, staff together, a guy like Azani, Sean Payton told Azani, you know. Um, you know, I'm going to consider you, you know, uh, I'm going to look at you. I got to put my staff together, figure out who the offensive coordinator is first. and Let's see if there's a fit. But while you're doing that, you got to, you know, you got to get some other uh, lines in the water. And so Zach Azani is going to find out, uh, is going to have a job next year. The question is where uh, his preference is to stay here. But the way it works in the NFL, when the head coach leaves, um, and you're an assistant coach, uh, you better have some some other things. I think it'll be very few people uh, that stay after from uh, from Nathaniel Hackett. One or two, uh, but very few. All right, Mike. We appreciate you, buddy. All right, go get them, guys. Mike Kliss, fresh off a, a week down on Radio Row of Nine News, join us on the Johnson Auto Plaza Hotline. Up next, what's trending and uh, one of Mark's TV teammates appears to be getting screwed royally. What? Yes. And could it trickle down to my man here? That's next. Here's Schlereth and Evans with What's Trending right now. So we, we didn't get a chance to, to get to this yesterday, but this was awesome uh, audio and video. So right after... The Eagles lost the Super Bowl. They had their local, I think it was an NBC affiliate, was doing a uh, recap from from uh, the Super Bowl. Yeah. And so they had their, their setup and they had their anchor and they had their former players. Well, the, form, the anchor just went off when it came to the officiating and uh, basically said a bunch of stuff you can't say on TV. And call Shepard's team with a bull call. I mean, utter, complete bull is unbelievable. It's inexcusable. You don't make a call right then and there. You don't let the game be decided by the officiating. And yes, it's true. The officials go both ways. And you got you got to rise above it. I understand. This is a freaking Super Bowl. And that should never happen. I'm going to be in the car. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. 
That's good. That really is. I good. haven't heard yet if he got in trouble for that. He's in Philly. No, that's just standard. Oh, Philly, no, Philly will love him for yeah. it, but standard. There, there are certain FCC rules and everything. Right, well, you know, there are more guidelines than rules. By the way, what has happened? What, tell me when this began. The idea that when your favorite team loses a sporting event, you trash your TV. I don't know. You what, see that all the time yeah. now. People just trash TVs. Yeah, what's up with that? Inconceivable. We got a lot of unhinged, and it's a lot of unhinged people out there. Utter, complete bullshit. <laughs> well, I mean, that goes into the into the library. That you, goes into the vault. You can't let the Kansas City Chiefs offense go four for four scores in the second half. Utter, complete bullshit. <laughs> right? I mean, you can't let that happen. So. I don't like. I didn't like the call. I don't like the call. I don't like it now. I didn't like it then. But dude, you got to get a stop somewhere along the line. Got to get a stop. Hey, Michael Barkan. That's the guy. How do you feel about it? Utter complete bull. <laughs> yeah, he didn't like it. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love the description of it. He called it BS on live TV while his three co-hosts looked on stoically. (laughs) They're like, hey, dude, dig your own grave, man. (laughs) That's one of those I'm with you winner ties. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. (laughs) Super Bowl TV ratings are out. And America, uh, you you loved what you saw, at least up until the end. 113 million people watched the third most watched Super Bowl ever. And I know I'm going to get a soccer guy now. 1.5 billion with a B watched the World Cup. How many watched in the U.S.? That's all I care about. 17 million. Oh, okay. Yeah. So about. So about five. So the, the world's game, the greatest game, the world's game, had 5 million more people watching its. Ultimate event than watched the World Series or the NBA Finals. Yeah, that's that's. Ooh, wow. Hmm. Mm. Ooh. Yeah. Soccer guy here. Look, I'm not me. bagging on soccer. Well, kind of, I am, but I'll bag on soccer. But, but yeah, it's the it's the world's game. Okay. Who cares? We we, we just have a different view of it. Hmm. Cricket is one of the. Most popular sports in the world. It's like one of the top three most popular sports in the world. Cricket. You're right. Anybody right. care about cricket here? No. No. No, we don't care. We left those childish things behind. <laughs> when we sailed in the Pinta Santa Maria and the El Delgado or whatever. <laughs> what was it? Was the Pinta? The Pinta? Not the Pinto. That'd the, be a bean. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pinta. Santa Maria. Uh-huh. What was the third one? Um, oh, man. Calypso, I think. <laughs> no, that's not it. No? Somebody will help us out on Twitter. On uh, Ramoslaw.com text line. Greg Olson. I need to know whether or not this in- impacts you. What's that? So, Greg Olson got elevated to the number one broadcast team for Fox. Yeah. Okay? Did a great job. Did a great job. Really did. 
Along with that came a pay raise okay. to $10 million a year. Okay. When Tom Brady moves into the TV booth, he'll be the number one guy. Olsen will get bumped, and apparently his salary will go all the way down to $3 million. He'll lose out on $7 million bucks a year going from number one to number two. Aww. Now, the good news is, Brady said he's not going to take over until 2024. Sure. So you got a year. Yeah, I, I, and there's a lot of speculation whether Brady will go into the into the booth or whether he'll go on the set. As Bradshaw continues, you know, how long is Bradshaw going to continue to do it? How it long? Be, it might be time, Terry. TB. I'm just saying that time. that might be the direction they decide to go in as well. So you just never know. Now, my big question is, this Fox football trickle-down economics, Yeah, how does this affect my big guy here? Uh, you just get paid, paid peanuts no matter what, huh? Yeah, regardless of, <laughs> of where I go, I'm going to make a lot less than everybody else. <laughs> so that's how my contract works. It's, it's just... It's a, it's a kind of a clause in my yeah. contract. You're kind, kind of, of like, a, you're my intellectual yes, property. Yes, 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 Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I think that's how it works. Yeah, now you know how it feels. No, I do. I do. Major League Baseball is keeping the extra innings ghost runner rule in place for this year. Really? So, when a game is tied after nine innings, they go to the 10th inning, there's automatically a runner at second base. Mm-hmm. It has definitely... Cut down on the long, long extra inning games. Right. That's the good news. The bad news is it's cut down on these long, long extra inning games that maybe are full of suspense and everything like that. Do you like the rule? Um, that's a great question. Yeah, I, I'm fine. Listen. It's, it's at a point where we can't keep guys healthy and the arms and the way we manage guys and starters only go five innings and blah, blah, blah. We'll pull a guy that's got a no-hitter in the seventh because he hit a pitch. I get I get where the game is going. So, yeah, let's end it. Move on. I, I think it makes a lot of sense. I wasn't a big fan of it at the beginning. I love it now because mm. just like in hockey, mm. it was very unsatisfying when a game would end in a tie so the idea of developing overtime and the shootout, just so you'd have some sense of a winner, I like that. Over the course of a long 82 games, I, I think that was good for the fans. Same thing with this rule, because hey, in the World Series, in the playoffs, give me 16 inning games. Give me that game that uh, Houston and, and Seattle mm-hmm. played this this past year. That That's awesome. That's spine-tingling stuff. In the course of a long 162-game season, I don't want to be following a game for five hours into the 16th inning. If we can end it earlier and go yeah. home, go to bed, great. Yeah, that is that that part is good. Um, yeah, no, I'm I, I'm okay with it. I like it. Serious baseball man, no doubt hates it. Bob Costas is probably just cursing oh, right my now. Goodness. Cursing, he hates it. Hates it. That's uh, what is a trending. Give us your reaction. Uh, Rumblesaw.com text line 303-713-1043. We'll uh, take a look at the Nuggets, and I want to ask this question. Can depth win an NBA championship? The Nuggets are fixing to find out. And what blueprint, if any, did KC and Philly teach us, teach the Broncos? That's next. 
loosen up those joints and muscles. It's time for your 745 stretch. Here's Schlereth and Evans with the biggest story in Denver sports. Yeah, in case you missed our big breaking news story this morning, let's bring you up to date. Uh, Mark has gone to battle with Chiefs Kingdom because Chiefs Kingdom came after you. Oh, yeah. Why don't you set it all up? Well, I mean, all I said is I hated the call at the end of the game. Hated that call. You weren't alone. Right. Just think it's a, I think, one, it's a garbage call. And I think the way the game was called for the uh, the entirety of the game, there wasn't one defensive holding call that I can remember. Like, it wasn't a, a heavily penalized game. And so you set the parameters with guys. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying there was a bunch of fouls, but I'm saying, you know, there are, there's a, a bunch of things that go on during the course of a game that, by the rule book, technically, could you call holding? You can call holding on every play. Some place. Could you call illegal contact? Pretty much on every play. You, you're telling me there wasn't one chuck beyond five yards with the quarterback in the pocket. That's an illegal contact. But it wasn't called, all right? So how all of a sudden that play, which is marginal at best, gets called is ridiculous to me. So what are you going to do about it? Well, you know, it's by the rules. Call the game by the rules. That's the rule, Mark. I'm a KC Chief. Your Super Bowl has an asterisk by it. That's all. Oh, I'll give you guys dreaded asterisk. Okay. I'll give you guys one and a half Super Bowl victories in the last four years. You've won one and a half. So you've decided to take two hours of your valuable time mm. today. You've got the Exos uh-huh. Thundercloud. I don't know how valuable my time is, but yeah. I'm right now, go. Yeah, you're right. You're, you're kind of in a, uh, yeah, the, the season's over. Yeah. It's not landscaping time yet. No, it's not. So what so, am I going to do? You got a couple hours to fill. A what couple you, hours to kill. What are you going to do? I'm going to go through the uh, Exos Thundercloud and just look at every pass play. 37 of them that the Philadelphia Eagles ran. And there's a little tug on the very first pass play of the game. Not called. Should we call that? I guarantee you I can find five or six illegal contacts by the book. Should we call those? Make the Super Bowl a five-hour affair. Little hankies all over the place. I just so you're going to look at all the Chiefs' defensive plays on pass plays, you're going to find all the calls that weren't called, mm. and you're going to put them up on video on Twitter. Oh, yeah. This is great. This is next. Oh, vengeance. This That's, is. <laughs> yes, you are vengeance. You vengeance. are vengeance. <laughs> I am vengeance. Oh, man. Chiefs, Chiefs kingdom, man. Be no. careful what you wish for. Don't spit in the wind. Don't tug on Superman's cape. That's right. That's right. I mean, if we want to pull get, the mask off the old Lone Ranger, don't mess around with stink. <laughs> if I'm tired again, maybe there's not that. Maybe maybe I'm wrong, but Look, I would just say, is it is it petty? Sure, sure, that's what I'm all about. But is it beautiful? Absolutely. Here's a reaction. Chiefs, mm-hmm. Chiefs Kingdom already okay. irritated. Mark, your jealousy of the Chiefs is not a good look, and frankly, a little sad. Oh, he told you utter complete bullshit. I just know, I just know, 
after the Super Bowl, and I was rooting for the uh, – I'll be honest. I mean, I got some good sports hate vitriol. I was rooting hard for Philadelphia. I wanted Philadelphia to win that game. And in the end, they didn't. Kansas City won it. Kansas City dominated the second half. I mean, tip your cap to them. I'll tip my cap to them. The end of the day, I laid my head down on a pillow and fell fast asleep, knowing that I'm 3-0 in Super Bowls and you're not. Again, nobody does snark like Mark Schlereth. What does it feel? By the way, Kansas City Chiefs fan, let me know what it feels like to lose a Super Bowl. I never lost one. What does that feel like? Because it must be painful. Now let's give some credit. Uh, the Chiefs put together a masterful second half. Oh my God, they were awesome. The adjustments were awesome. were awesome. Incredibly clean second half. So it was a wildly entertaining game. As long as you can. Put aside the ending. It was still a very, very good football game. So what are what are the blueprints that we as, as Bronco fans can take from Kansas City, from Philadelphia, and apply it to this team? Because let me give you a little backdrop. Okay. Okay? ESPN came out with their way-too-early power rankings for next season. Mm-hmm. Number of their people put it together. Mm-hmm. Where do you think the Broncos are ranked in their early 2023 power rankings, 32 teams. Where do you think they're ranked? Um, I'm going to say 23. 27th out of 32. So they're not blown away by the Sean Payton hire. Well, not that they. Yeah. Where were they last year, though? Like, where were those same people last year? They were saying, well, the talent on this team. You know, the oh, yeah. line oh, town, yeah. yep. the, uh, oh, the receiving core, oh, and blah, 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 they bought, blah. They bought into the Russell Wilson hype like everybody did. Right. Uh, don't don't kid yourself. But they were Nobody all, was but, out there saying, but, this is, right. is going to blow up. This is a but terrible But they were, they were way over-hyping. Oh, the Broncos? The Jerry Judy's of the yeah. world and the I'm never available KJ Hamler. Yep. And, you know, the Corland Sutton and, the you know, all that. They were way over. They've been way over-hyping that crew. Forever. So they've got him 27th. Jerry uh, D-Max saying that uh, he thinks that, hey, Sean Payton's all that. They should win 11 or 12 this year. Yeah. It, it, it's, it, folks, it's, it's a thinly veiled agenda. Okay, let me just tell you what, what's going on here, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. By saying things like that, it's like... Well, they should win 11 or 12 games. If they don't, it all gets put on Russell Wilson. Get Russell Wilson out of here and go on and draft a quarterback in the top five so that ultimately, before his career is over, D-Max, not Russ's, he can say, I told you so, about the importance of drafting a top five quarterback. That's what this is all about. It's all about that. How long? Every time he says something, it is all, it all comes back to his goal, his desire to test his theory here. That's what it all is. All of it. How long, like, how long has he, I mean, ever since I can remember going back to, like, 2012. Because that's when the, 
Although he did flip with the Tebow manifestation thing, whatever that was, what manifesto? Manifesto. Because Tebow was a twenty fourth, which it, see, it's just confusing because there was you the, can't draft a guy between nineteen and, and twenty nine. No, no, you can draft a guy at nineteen. You can't draft him yeah, at 20, twenty to twenty nine. Twenty nine, but then thirty to thirty two. Correct. And Tebow was like twenty four. Correct. So, but I, then how does all of a sudden you can win Super Bowls with Tebow if you drafted him in tw- at 24? Multiple. Like, how does that? I don't know. There are so many. There, so many goalposts getting moved. It is just like, you you don't, you got the manifesto, but you didn't get the fine print of the manifesto. So anyway. Okay. Just, when you hear statements like that, understand what the overall agenda is. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's to ultimately get Russ out of here and be able to draft a quarterback in the top five and, and, and test or prove uh, his theory. That, that's what this is all about. So keep that in mind whenever you listen to his, uh, his rantings. Uh, great Nuggets win last night in Miami. Depth win. You're without Jamal Murray. You're without Aaron Gordon. You're without Reggie Jackson, who you uh, just signed in the, uh, in the buyout phase, uh, getting the former Palmer High School star back here. So they were they were shorthanded, but they were they weren't shorthanded. That's the beauty of this team. Anybody else, you take three rotate two starters and three rotation guys out, mm-hmm. you'd be like, oh, we're screwed. Yet they put seven players in double figures, and they went on the road last road game before the All Star break, and just gave a really blue collar professional effort that you see less and less around today's NBA, and they get a really good road win, really satisfying road win. So here's the question. Can depth win an NBA championship, or does it still come down to having multiple stars to win you a championship? Stars, plural. Yeah. I still think in today's NBA, your stars have to show up and be stars. But when you have stars, and you have stars on this team, let's face it. I mean, obviously the Joker's a star. Murray, went healthy, I think he's... He's not a star, but he's approaching. Like he's nestled up against the threshold, right? Like the Chiefs are nestled up against the threshold of being a dynasty. Oh, you've backed off. Yeah, Good I decided. For you. I decided. I decided that uh, that was premature destiny talk. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. Wouldn't wouldn't really make sense for you to go to war with Chiefs Kingdom while calling them a dynasty. So I'm glad you well, that's Well, that's the thing. I called them a dynasty, and they still came after me because I said I didn't like the call. They want it all, don't they? Yeah, they want the call. They want everybody to say, you're right. It was you got to call by the rules and, you know, and all that garbage, right? No, no, you don't. It's not how it works. So I know you guys are all experts. I know you're all experts, but it's not how it works. Let me just take your Super Bowl with the asterisk and uh, and enjoy your, you know, enjoy your barbecue and enjoy your, you know, asterisk parade. <laughs> if you're Super Bowl fifty seven victory, if you're a Chiefs fan, you should be hearing all this and you should just be leaning back on Mark. Nice try. Right. You're not going to rattle my cage. Not gonna get under but you my guys skin. are all rattled. Scoreboard, scoreboard, baby. Yeah, but yeah, that's how they should react, right? But they, but know, they're rattled, right? Because they know there's some truth to it, 
and they don't want there to be truth. They don't want this. They really don't. So now they're all like, oh, that's the way the rules are bent. They're bent that way. They would, if the shoe were on the other foot, they would be crying. I mean, you want to talk about tears just streaming down their little chubby cheeks. But now it's, hey, that's the way the rule is. It's the rules. Those are the rules. Love being able to attach an asterisk to a win, don't, don't you? Oh, my gosh. It's, it it's, it's, it's just, it, it just It just strikes at the core of every. It's like going to a Laker fan go, come on, dude. You won a championship in the bubble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the bubble. The biggest asterisk championship ever in the history of sports was a bubble championship. Right. Anybody who won a championship in a bubble, right? Asterisk at their parade, they should. You know what they should get at their parade? Not fireworks. They should get those little party poppers. Little confetti comes out, shoots about three feet in front of him. And that's just your your sound effects are next level, man. What is that again? <laughs> no, that's not. That's not that's, oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah, I'm crying. When your team is in hot water and you need a break from the play-by-play, Bath Fitter can install your tub or shower in just one day. And just like a coach, Bath Fitter is in your corner offering a watertight, seamless wall. A design consultant will take accurate measurements of your tub or shower and recommend the products that fit your budget. Bath Fitter has special financing available with no money down and no interest for up to five years. Now that's a game changer. Visit bathfitter.com to book your in-home consultation. Bath Fitter, it just fits.